Hello, my name is David, I'm the editor of Think, and welcome to episode one of the Reading Podcast. Uh, we have... Nika, hi. Um, I'm based at the University of Malta and a writer for Think magazine. And our guest today will be Professor Alexei Dingley. Hi, I'm Alexei Dingley. I'm a lecturer at the uh, Faculty of ICT uh, within the Department of Artificial Intelligence. Excellent. So, Professor Dingley has you know, written a number of articles for Think magazine. Uh, the latest one is called What's Your Face Worth? So if you want to read the full article, you can check it out on the, in the link below. Uh, but first, Professor Alexei, uh, would you be able to tell us a bit more about your background and your research? Sure. So um, I've been working in AI for the past 20 years. Um, I've worked both in England and in Malta as well. Um, uh, of course, now I lecture at the University of Malta um, uh, within the Department of AI, uh, within our AI courses. Um, I consider also myself as being an evangelist for, of AI. Um, I enjoy going to school and evangelize about the importance of AI, even because, of course, you know, AI is now the big thing. It doesn't mean that it's 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 something temporary, but but finally, you know, the world is, is moving towards AI. In the past year, um, I've been also part of the Malta.ai task force, which was set up by government, and we created the Malta.ai strategy. Um, I have a number of AI projects going on um, in health, transportation, industry. Practically, the, the nice thing about AI is that it's, it's a horizontal subject, so we tend to touch a little bit with all sorts of topics. So AI is definitely here to stay, it seems. Yes, definitely sure about that. <laughs> Perfect. So could you tell us a bit, when you say horizontal, uh, could you elaborate? What does that mean? Okay, it means that practically any application you can think of uh, can have an infusion of AI. So AI can be beneficial in practically all the application. doesn't mean that AI is the silver bullet, you know, it will solve all the problems in the world, it's far from that. But um, I'm sure that AI can contribute in some way or another to practically any application you, you can think of. Okay, so like from healthcare to, uh, I don't know, to yes, know, education. Uh, practically you name it and, <laughs> and, and you can use AI. And the interesting thing about AI is that, you know, it's very much in use these days and people mm -hmm. just don't, do not realize that they're using AI. I mean, even over here, there's the air conditioner, you know, so the air conditioner is calibrating the temperature. So there's some sort of AI going on over there. It's, it's a very basic form of AI, of course, but, but you know, there's still some sort of, of automation brought forth by the computer. Um, if you take a car, an oven, anything, these days everything is infused with AI. Of course, the, you know, the, the, the issue with AI is that there isn't a label which says, listen, this thing has AI inside or whatever. So people do not realize that they're actually using AI. <laughs> but in actual fact, we're very much dependent on artificial intelligence. Should we have that label? Um, uh, I think it would be hard to have that label, simply because, first of all, AI is very sparse. So you get very simple algorithms like, I don't know, the, the algorithm of the of the air conditioner, which calibrates the temperature, to ones which are much more complex and decision-making algorithms. Um, so it's hard to define what is AI and where it starts and where it finishes. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit this, this, this blurry boundary um, bet between the two. Um, so even though I think a label would help for awareness, at least people would realize that you know it's, it's not happening by magic there's a program and the program is in some way intelligently deciding what what actions to take but as i said it's very hard to 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 to, to have a label for ai mm -hmm. i mean i think one of the problems with ai as in not problems with ai itself but okay. the perception <laughs> of ai <laughs> uh, is that like when we say ai people start thinking of science fiction ai like these persona cores yes. like in massive spaceships or whatever and they just many and control everything i mean do you think we need to move up? like our perception of ai is dictated by hollywood mm -hmm. predominantly yes. 
Um, do you think that that's something, like how would we go about changing that? Okay, I think, first of all, that perception is positive because, you know, thanks to Hollywood, at least people know about AI. That's true. Now, the the problem with that is that sometimes Hollywood portrays the wrong side of AI. <laughs> so it's the AI which is going to take over the world, killing everyone, blah, blah, blah. The nasty AI. It's the nasty AI. It's interesting, but the most alarming as well. So, so you know, AI is not really like that. I mean, it can become like that eventually, but, but you know, so far it's not like that. It's, it's far away from being that. Um, so I I think we should sort of inform more people and educate more people about, listen, what is AI? People need to understand more so that when they, they, they're faced with different applications, they can spot the AI inside it themselves. I mean, this takes us very nicely into our first topic, of question of awareness. Um, so one of the main points in our article, it was the importance of awareness. AI and facial recognition have already seeped their way into some of our daily lives. Now, we mentioned uh, the air conditioning units, for instance, mm -hmm. but can you give us some other examples of how AI is you know, mm -hmm. in our, incorporated into our daily lives? Yes, so first of all, I, I think the most obvious is the mobile phone. No? Mm -hmm. We all have a mobile phone, we all use a mobile phone. And these days, most mobile phones are unlocked using the facial recognition software. So practically, you, you gaze into your phone and the, the, the software recognizes that it's you and it unlocks your phone. So I think that's the most common which people use. I, I really like that you mentioned like we gaze into our phone. It's like, you know, we're, we're enthralled by them. But well, nobody's looking at you really, you know, so <laughs> it is a case. Well, <laughs> if, if the government can unlock your phone, then is there someone else on the other side who is potentially looking at you? Well, uh, not really. I mean, uh, remember, I, um, these days privacy is a big concern. So mm -hmm. I don't know, companies like Apple and uh, uh, Android, uh, Google, they're very much concerned about these, these things. So they're very careful. In fact, uh, there, there have been cases where government was pushing Apple sort of to, to reveal certain personal details, even of terrorists, and they, they simply refused. Um, which I think to a certain extent it's, it's right, but you know, there, there should be, I think, uh, a demarcation line sort of, listen, mm -hmm. when it's thing, something of national security, I think, you know, the issue of privacy shouldn't uh, be given that, uh, that importance uh, since, of course, you know, lives are, are at stake in that, in that case. But for the rest, I mean, we should be careful sort of that governments and corporations do not overstep that line. And, and I think that's, that's really the, the big issue with them. Um, uh, but, but back to your question, um, uh, so there are others, for example, uh, something which is probably unknown. Um, more than 10 years ago, um, I, I actually used to work there at the uh, um, Employment and Training Corporation, which today is called Joplas. Okay. Um, back then, we used to register unemployed people with biometrics. Really? So, yes, so every week, it, it was a very innovative technology. Every week, they, they used to go to a certain center. Uh -huh. We had five or six, I believe, located around Malta and Gozo. They would go and using their fingerprint, they would uh, register that they are still unemployed. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so, 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 you know, these things have been going on. Of course, you have to be careful how to implement them. And I think that's, that's the issue. Because mm -hmm. like in this case, we, when I say we, when I used to work at the corporation, we didn't keep records of their fingerprints but they had a card and the information was stored on their own card. So the fingerprint information was always with them. I see. Okay. So like that, we, we are ensuring that nobody can tamper with their, their biometrical information. And I think that's the approach to take. I mean, people should, should have 
possession of their own information. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, at the mercy of the big corporations, uh, things like, like Facebook. No, I mean, uh, Facebook is a, is a big issue because, you know, it contains all of our data. And then the thing is that it's data which we give freely to Facebook and Facebook is making money over our data. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, 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 you know, I think that is the line which, which one shouldn't cross, in my opinion. Uh, but of course, you know, if, if Facebook doesn't have the data, then it, can, it, it stops being Facebook as well. Uh-huh. So, so, so you have to see sort of how people are comfortable with giving that data and getting the service back. I mean, the thing is with, with let's jump on Facebook. Um, the thing is that we're, we're not actually paying for Facebook as a service mm-hmm. with financial means. We're paying through our data. Exactly. I mean, so kind of by using Facebook, we give consent that our data is being yes, collected. Yes. yes. In fact, Facebook is nothing without your data. That's the big thing. I mean, think about it. If, you, if all the people were to remove the data from Facebook, Facebook would be nothing. No, it has no that's, use. That's uh, also a very fascinating point. Um, what would Facebook look like without the data? Because I, I don't understand um, how Facebook wouldn't exist. Nothing. I, I mean, I, I actually remember it because I remember when I set up my first account. I think it was... 2008, something like that, or seven. Um, and you know, you go into this Facebook, you still have no friends, so you have no connections, and you're not seeing anything on the feed. And I was asking myself, so what is this thing? <laughs> you know, and uh, the reality is, Facebook is nothing. But it's not just Facebook; it's, it's the, the new corporations. Think about Google, Google Search. Google Search is nothing without your search data as well. So, so you know, the, these these large corporations, um, they 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 consume and live on your data. In fact, that's why we say that data is the new oil, mm-hmm. because it is, is the, the thing which, which is fueling these, these huge corporations, and they're making money over it. But <coughs> if you do a search on Google and it doesn't have your search preferences, wouldn't it still come up with the list of results for whatever you type into the search bar? So let's say I, I want to read about Libya, mm-hmm. and so I just type Libya into the search bar. And Google in this in this scenario doesn't have any of my data. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it still come up with a list of results for Libya? Yes, but not related to you. They and wouldn't be sorry. That's, isn't that okay? Yes, as long as it doesn't have data related to you. The issue here is the issue of privacy. So if if I don't share my data with Google, then data Google will not have data about myself. But if I share data with Google, then da- Google is using that data to make links to other stuff, and it's also improving its own search engine. So mm-hmm. you are contributing to the improvement of that search engine. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, Google is not just a repository of links. It's much more than that. Yeah. And it, it, the, the plus thing about Google, and that's why Google was successful, is because it, it manages to sort of map or take advantage over the structure of the web. The structure of the web is the links. Um, so the more links you have, so if I write an article about Libya and I have a link to uh, to something else, that link has value for Google. And in fact, the Google has an algorithm called PageRank. And PageRank algorithm works precisely on those links and the value which, which are given to those links. So that's why I'm saying that you are adding value to the Google search engine. Mm-hmm. So in essence, when you type something, let's say about Libya or about, I don't know, Cooking. Let's say mm-hmm. Google. No, I've typed a number of times that I'm a vegetarian, for instance, and okay. then I type cooking recipes. Yes. Google is more likely to, you know, show me vegetarian cooking recipes. Correct. Exactly. Yes. But but it's more than that because imagine we do not know each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you really l- like the recipe about a vegetarian lasagna. Okay. Okay. Oh, lasagna. Um, <laughs> 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 and uh, Google knows that I am a vegetarian too. 
mm-hmm. most probably he will show me the vegetarian lasagna because you also like the, ver- the vegetarian lasagna. Okay, so okay. depending how many people like it. Like it, or in the case of Google, it's the links. Uh-huh. Okay. Read it or uh-huh. follow through. Consume it. Uh-huh. Okay, so, 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 you know, there's that element as well of profiling, which is happening underneath the hood. So Google is p- placing me inside a profile and it's showing me things things which Google think <laughs> that I like, okay? Which is not a bad thing necessarily, no, but, but, you know, but you know, I, I am contributing to that as well. And the more I use Google, the more Google gets to know me. And the more, of course, he, he it manages to improve that profile and use it for other people as well. Okay, but doesn't this, like, I, I think it's wonderful that, for instance, we live in a time where, you know, I search something and my computer, or Google in this case, is able to tell me information that I might be interested in. But if we're to look at the big picture, doesn't this make it possible that I stay stuck in my worldview? Let's say I, you know, I have, you know, political leanings either side, left or right. (laughs) Then it's only going to show me, um, for instance, news portals or articles that reinforce my existing worldview. So I'm going to be stuck reading about things that I already believe in. And it's going to be much harder to see things that, you know, might change my perspective. Yes. It's this. Yes, it's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. It, right. <laughs> I, but, but I mean, it's nothing new, really. I mean, before, you know, before the internet, it, it was the news that had the power. No, you watch the news, and and you were given the agenda of the of the editor behind the, the, the news station. Right now, that agenda went to Facebooks, to to Google, and to whoever, because it's the algorithm that dictates what you, you're meant to see and what you're not meant to see. I mean. Let me ju- okay because I mean, it, it happens every day on the Facebook feed, no? Aha, uh-huh, that's, it, that's it's the algorithm who decides what 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 is you're going to see on that feed. But you wouldn't go to Facebook to read your news, would you? Or well, yeah, most people do. <laughs> so yeah. yes, yeah. It, it's the, it's the primary source of news. Well, that's that's a little bit scary. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like the same place where my grandma posts pictures of her chihuahuas is exactly. the same place people go find news. Well, well, but I mean, for me, for example, it's I find really interesting links to articles. I don't use peop- what people are posting mm-hmm. as news. It's that I find interesting news to read by what's showing up in my newsfeed. Mm-hmm. But what what it sounds to me is that you're very right in the sense that we were very much stuck in our own poli- political leanings and our own perceptions before. Mm-hmm. It's not like the algorithms pulled us into a bubble. We we exist in a bubble anyway. Yes. So maybe it's up to us as individuals to take on the responsibility of going up of going outside of our own perspectives. Of course. I mean, remember there's a big issue with fake news. Yes, mm-hmm. very, um, unfortunately, a lot of people read something on Facebook, and for them, it's you know, um, it's the whole truth. It's and, gospel. And it's gospel, yes. And, and the worst part of that is that a lot of people just read the title; they don't even read the article. And then you have these these you know new, news news um, uh, media houses and stuff, and that's why they go for these cheesy titles that you know imply something which which they mean something else totally, uh, because they know that most of the people just stop at the title. They, 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 they do not read the article uh, and that's very dangerous um, uh, remember um, two things I wanted to add one is that um, at the moment I believe in Australia there is an issue on, uh, on, on news on the sharing of news on, on social media because I believe the government wants Facebook to start paying um, media houses for, for sharing their news 
because think about it, Facebook are making money out of sh the sharing of that news. So the Australian government is saying, why shouldn't part of that money go back to the media houses that are actually creating the news? So, so there's a big debate over there at the moment. Um, uh, and, and, and secondly, um, don't forget that Facebook is, is just a big megaphone. Okay, mm -hmm. so I go there, I write whatever I think, and then it's amplified to, to, to tens or hundreds of people. It depends on the message, really. So, so that is what Facebook is, and people do not realize that. And before you said, you know, it's ev everyone should take the responsibility, but people have no idea of the responsibility. I mean, you see it from all the cases that are going into court now, people just mm -hmm. saying rubbish online, and they expect that, you know, nobody gets offended because it's their opinion. Everybody has a right of, of, of an opinion. It doesn't work like that. I mean, Facebook should be considered as, as another publishing source. It's as if I have my own personalized newspaper and I should be responsible for what I write on that newspaper. It's not, it's not just dumping trash all over the place. So, uh, so we have to be very careful. Another thing is that, you know, on Facebook and not just Facebook, it's just social media, um, there's this culture of fakeness. No, I mean, if, if you go on Instagram, you see everybody on on their yacht, they're drinking champagne and <laughs> I, everything. <laughs> it's, it's not the real world. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say, I'd call it inauthenticity, like in an, an existential yes, sense. Yeah. But uh, I mean, think think on the other is we're very authentic when we're on Instagram. We only post things that we generally Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to, I would agree. I mean, we, we do have to be aware of the things that we post online and you know how we actually handle this data and how we consume it but, but what we, we don't realize is that that is affecting people because people are thinking that you know that is reality they do not make distinction between reality and 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 the, the fake world let's mm. say the virtual world the, vir the virtual world um even like another thing is that it's very common on uh, on facebook especially um to have these infinite ranting on their posts you know so, uh -huh. so you have these keyboard warriors um uh, and they, they start uh, writing about saving the planet or, or in whatever and all, uh, all caps as well <laughs> yes um uh, but that's not real conversation it's not how the real world works i mean nobody um uh, <laughs> speaks to somebody in, in monologues you know mm -hmm. there's a discussion <laughs> it doesn't work like that and uh, you know this person this these keyboard warriors or armchair critics are are, are happy because you know they, they contributed to the well-being of the world they're saving the planet and they let off the chest of course <laughs> which in reality probably had no effect on no one uh, but, but, but it's 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 all, it's all this this fake culture which is which is not the real world I mean, I, I would say maybe it did have a slight effect on people. Like, I do believe that every little thing that we do influences, you know, something, somewhere, somehow. Um, but, hold on, Tash, because I jammed. Uh, I'm thinking about someone who recently left Facebook and they just left a post saying, like, oh, I'm leaving because this, this and this. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't announce that I'm leaving a room, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, with Facebook, I mean, I think we should be uh, aware of the posts that we that we write. We have to be aware of like how our posts might influence people, and at the same time, we should be held accountable by ourselves. That is, not by someone watching over us. Yeah. Um, however, I want to go back into the the topic of of data because I think that's where, where the real meat is. Uh, we, we always hear like big data and the algorithms and you know, this sort of stuff. But is big data in itself actually objective? 
Well, big data is objective as much as the data which it has. So okay. <laughs> um, uh, it, it all depends really, I mean, on, on what data you're consuming. So, so you know, the, the old uh, saying garbage in, garbage out. No, it's, it's exactly the same thing with big data. Okay. So, so you have to be very careful about uh, the initial data, that you have quality data, that you mm -hmm. have unbiased data, because bias is a very big problem at the moment. Um, but then again, you know, big data is a reflection of our world. So... I'm not surprised really <laughs> that there's biased data. I mean, if you go on Google Images and you search for doctors, most probably most doctors will be male. Now, if you search for nurses, most nurses would be female. But, okay. but, but you know, that, that's a bias in our society. It doesn't mean it's good or it's real, but, but you know, that's the bias. So if you get that data and you feed it into the algorithm, you will only expect the algorithm to, to, to reflect that data. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to be very careful when we're feeding these algorithms with data because they tend to learn um, uh, sort of these patterns and, and of course replicate them further. So if there's some sort of discrimination, um, then of course they will rep rep repeat that discrimination. There was the famous case of, um, uh, of Amazon where Amazon created this algorithm to recruit um, engineers. Um, so they came with this bright idea of using an AI to, to do the recruitment process. And um, they said, listen, we already have engineers working with Amazon. So let's take their CV, put them into the AI, train the AI, so that the AI will manage to find people that are similar to our engineers. Because, you know, if they work for Amazon, they're good engineers, and mm -hmm. this is the people we want. Uh, which was fine. Um, but what they did not notice, that, uh, that they, what they did not realize is that in the tech industry, especially in the US, 70% of tech engineers are male. So essentially, the, the, the algorithm was discriminating against female, and it was throwing away all the female CVs. Uh, I'm uh, guessing they were white as well. Um, uh, I don't know about their ethnicity, to be fair, mm -hmm. but, but the gender was definitely. Yeah. With regards to their ethnicity, there, there was the famous issue of self-driving cars, no? Um, that uh, it transpired that self-driving cars are more prone to, to hit and kill um, a colored person than a white person. So, 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 you know, these algorithms are based upon what you feed them, really. So yeah. if you feed them data which is biased, then, of course, they will be biased. So, in essence, it's not exactly, it's not the data or the algorithms itself that are wrong. It's more of they act as a reflection of society. Yes, uh -huh. um, that's why. But, you know, the data would be wrong in that case, in the sense that the data scientists should be careful to avoid these pitfalls. Okay. Um, uh, sort of that's why I'm telling you it's not just a matter of get some data, feed it to the algorithm and get uh, get an output. It doesn't work like that. I mean, you have to analyze a little bit the data, try to clean it and try to come up with with, with um, a balanced data set. Okay. In, f in fact, just to give you an example, I, we had a pro project recently where we took close to six months just working on the data. And then the AI part was, was done in a few weeks. Okay. You mean the analysis or the method to collect it? It's both. Mm -hmm. um, so, so the collection, but then you have the cleaning of the data. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. have to see that it's correct data. It's not just any data. So, so what, I, what I mean is you shouldn't discard that part of the process because yeah. it's a very important part of the process. And if you, if you fail over there, then, of course, you'll have problems later on. Um, of course, we'll, we're not infallible, so there will be problems. But at least you try to limit as much the, 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 pro the problems. Are there scientists who um, aren't taking the time to uh, clean data after it's been collected? It's, uh, as I told you, it should be part of the process. Yeah. So it should be automatic. Now, if they do it or not, I don't know. But, but, but you know, at least us, when we deal with data, at least we, we, we try to analyze that data a little bit before we actually process it because of this, these biases. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, so just to 
take it back slightly. Uh, when we say data, we're saying, for instance, your ethnicity, we're saying your age, we're saying your preferences. It could be anything. Um, if, if, it, if we go back to Facebook, for example, a very important data is how you use Facebook. Okay. So, I don't know, the likes or the links which you press or how much time you actually spend gazing or looking at, at a photo. Okay. Even that is data. So, so anything is data as long as it's measurable and we can collect it, it's data. So that's the key phrase there. It has to be measurable for it to be yes. data, of yes. course. I mean, here's one of my questions. I mean, the thing is, we, we say that if we're always talking about data and how Facebook uses it. But at the end of the day, like for the average Joe, for the average person on the street, how important is data really? Like how important is it? For, to our identity, like just because I'm a Caucasian male between 25 to 30 and I like a number of pages, I spend X amount of time looking at a photo. Is that really who I am? Is that really my identity? Well, it's it's not your identity, but it's a reflection of you. Okay. And I think the issue is how how these corporations use that data. It's, it's not, I mean, uh, you know, the data doesn't define you as such. I mean, it, it, it shows attributes about mm -hmm. you, but uh, you're much more than your data, hopefully. I would like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, David. You know <laughs> him better, so. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the, the issue, the, the big issue is how to use that data. So, first of all, listen, are you aware you're giving data? Do you give consent that you're giving that data? And then, third, how are they using that data? I mean, let's not forget what happened um, a few years ago with, with for example, Cambridge Analytica, no? Mm -hmm. All that exactly. Cambridge Analytica was collect your data, and then it used that data practically against you, okay? It tried to manipulate your thoughts. But but over there, you can see the power of data and of these algorithms. I mean, a recent experiment, um, just by taking, you know, Facebook data, um, they managed to predict things like gender, race, sexual orientation, religion, political affiliation, even substance abuse, on an average of 80%. Wow. Um, that's, that's very high. Yes. I think that's very important and like the accuracy that they have yes and and this is you know this is facebook right so so facebook probably knows you better than anyone else on this planet um uh, that's comforting yes uh, but something even more scarier um, um a year or two ago um we did this experiment um which, which was a very small experiment and and practically wanted to understand sort of how many likes do you need for for sites like facebook to, to actually get to know you. Okay. And uh, because, you know, some people tell us, oh, no, but I don't use Facebook. I, I barely like things. Uh, you know, they, they like to play it cool. But when we did this experiment, we found out that with just 10 likes, we can predict with 80% accuracy. All right. Now, 10 likes is nothing. Okay. I'm sorry. The, is it likes on anything? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it could be someone's photo. Or okay. It could be so that leads me to something else. All right. Mm -hmm. <coughs> the power of prediction goes beyond what you like. All right. Mm -hmm. um, so th this is something which is real, actually. <laughs> so so f so they did this experiment and they found that, for example, people that like um, it, potato chips, which are curly whirly, you know, those round ones mm -hmm. have higher IQ. So they can make these these strange links. It doesn't mean that, you know, just because I like them, I have higher IQ. IQ. Um, uh, One doesn't cause the other. It's, exact, it's exact. a correlation, not a cause exact, and effect. Exact, exact, exact. Yeah. Um, uh, but, 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 you know, they can make the, these, these, these strange um, uh, links. So, so it might be, for example, imagine that I like, um, I don't know, a particular uh, singer. Okay? So probably from that singer, they can understand my political affiliation. 
Okay, I can see that. I can see how like someone who would, for instance, is more into like for instance the Beatles would be I don't know maybe have more left wing views. I can I think I can see that connection. But, but can you see it from the potato chips? I mean no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that's not that. You know these are micro patterns, and uh, people do not uh, do not see these micro patterns because they're too small. But the algorit- algorithm managed to see them, and that's th- 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 that's, that's the power of of, of these algorithms. So well, I mean. If this, if these algorithms are so, so influential, shouldn't like companies reveal these algorithms? I mean, right now they're regarded as like a you know company secret, but like if these algorithms can predict data to to eighty percent accuracy, then why are they hidden? Why aren't they transparent? Why why can't people go and see? Um, in reality, let's say the basis of these algorithms are available. I mean, they're they're nothing out of these. Oh, okay. If you take I don't know PageRank, which is the Google algorithm, it's public. I mean, of course, not the final version which they use, because there might be commercial secrets or whatever. Uh-huh. But the basic algorithm w- would be known. It's, uh, it's it's not that. But of course, then they would tweak it and that stuff to it, which 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 of course they do not reveal for for obvious reason. Uh-huh. I mean. Well, well, that's so. That's interesting. So, uh, basically, what you're saying is that a lot of this stuff is actually out there, but you're not accessing it. So, why is that? Well, I mean, I'm not accessing it. First of all, I had no idea it existed, and secondly, probably if I try to access it, I would just see like it would look all Greek and hieroglyphics to me. Like I'm yes. imagining it's all like JavaScript in, in, or something. In fact, like even thanks to GDPR, um, people can request their data. So you can go actually to Facebook and ask Facebook to give you a copy of your data. Wow. Of of course, it's not something you will understand, as, as we uh-huh. said. But 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 you know you have the right um, to request all your data. Um, but if I may, you, you know, it goes even beyond that what we're talking because um, there are different data which which these algorithms harvest, of course. So there might be s- sort of the data which they collect through the interaction. So I pr- I'm, I pressed on a like I press the link, my interaction with, with the system. So that's one kind of data. <clears throat> Secondly, there's the historic data. Remember, anything I do on these platforms is being recorded. So they keep that as well, and the algorithm keeps on learning, and we learn from uh, other people's data and stuff. There, there's the profiling data. So each and every one of us, when we use this system, we're profiled and we're placed in particular pigeonholes, and that's how the algorithm decides what to show us and what, what not to show us. Um, there's also some data which, you know, is hidden data let's say um just think about all the apps which you install on your phone mm-hmm. and they, they 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 give you this page full of text of about the rights and the things <laughs> which everybody reads yeah. of course okay and, and press okay um uh, i don't know the, the latest one i think it was um, google maps now that it's 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 taking points locations of where you've been man i saw that i, I was honestly i was a bit freaked out like exactly most people don't know about that so so there's this hidden data collection which one day you gave it permission to collect which is being collected about you so there's that thing there's there's also third-party data i mean don't discard that i mean just think about facebook facebook um bought whatsapp no so Mm -hmm. so you know they're using your chats on whatsapp to of course um change the content on your feed as well so even if I'm speaking with my wife about a particular recipe, most probably when I go on Facebook, I'll see that recipe, recipe over there. Yeah. So, so, so it's being manipulation. Um, some people claim that there's also stolen data 
um, I don't know if you've heard about the case about the um, the, the virtual assistants. No, go no? on. So, so you know, people have these virtual assistants at home. They're, they're, they're small pods and stuff where you speak to them, uh, Alexa or, ah, okay. or Siri and stuff. And some people are noticing that when you speak about a particular topic and then you go online, you find that the search engine or whatever starts showing you about that topic. So they're saying, how is the connection being made if I only spoke verb verbally? And some people are suspecting that these, these, um, these systems are actually harvesting our conversations as well. Even though, you know, this company never admitted that they, they did so. But it's quite strange that you're talking about a topic and all of a sudden you find it on, on your computer. I've so many stories of that happening, in fact. I, I, there, is, there was this one story where they're like, hey, Alexa, are you collecting my data? And it just turns off. <laughs> I don't know if it's real or not, but it's, it's quite something. I mean, but to jump back to, to this data point, to the point where well, I think about data, really, I guess. Um, like, should we be concerned that our data is being collected in such a way? Well, I think uh, we should question it, no? Um, after all, it's it's our data, so it's you know private. It belongs to us. Um, we're giving it to this corporation. We don't know how how they're using it, or at least they're not very transparent about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think yes, we we should be concerned, and people should be made much more aware about how their data is being used. I mean, th there have been some some cases which were quite bad. I mean, a few years back, um, Facebook launched their their face recognition algorithm. So, so you know, I'm, uh, I, I post a, a photo on Facebook and all of a sudden my face is tagged on that photo. And probably you've noticed, no, because it tells you, oh, this is your friend uh, X, Y, yeah. X, Y, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, that caused an issue because um, when they originally launched it, it was auto-tagging. So mm -hmm. when I when I upload a photo, it automatically tagged the people in that photo. Now it could be that you know we took a photo, but there's somebody in the background, and it automatically tagged that person as well. Now of course there's an issue of privacy. You imagine that person doesn't want to reveal that he was in that place in that particular time. Uh -huh. Now the algorithm is revealing that he he he's there. So 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 you know it goes beyond. And Facebook had lost a case about about this, and in fact they they turned it off now. I mean, I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned privacy because, like this, like this is the the next point. Um, so, why do we need privacy? I mean, we we talk a lot about data and how it's important for privacy, but when we think about it, do we actually need privacy so long as we can go home, lock our doors, and like that? Is that enough? Is that privacy for us, or like, why yeah. do we actually need it? Well, it's, it's about our life and our freedoms, no? And I think we should protect our freedoms. Okay. So privacy, I think it's a very important part of, of that freedom. I mean, I should have the right that, um, uh, you know, if, if I want to go somewhere, why should I be tracked by an algorithm or, or something? It, it's up to me, really. And I think, personally, I think privacy is something very sacred, and I think we should do our utmost to protect it. I mean, you had mentioned, though, earlier, like, if it's a case of national security, mm -hmm. then we should concede our our right to privacy. Mm -hmm. um, do you think there are other cases where I don't know besides national security where we should shelf our our you know privacy? Uh, I think there there are two instances. I think one where sort of um, uh, I I am going to harm myself, mm -hmm. and two where I'm going to harm someone else. Okay. I, I think those are the two. Basically, as a matter of principle, I think, you know, human life is sacred and uh, I, I think we should do our utmost to protect it. Uh, I mean, I, I would agree. I think something abstract like our data or our privacy should be secondary to like mm -hmm. something tangible like a human yes. life. Well, it's not so abstract then in that case. How so? 
well, your um, bi- biological um, uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you are of the male sex. You have brown curly hair. I mean, Fabulous this brown is. Curly hair. And this is um, this is not abstract. Um, these are facts. And then the question is, is it private in the sense that, um, you know, because obviously I can see this right now. We're sitting here. I, I can make this observation and mm-hmm. I can um, also then put these uh, objective facts into my own head about you. But it then it's a question of privacy if Facebook is using those facts in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so, yeah, I don't, I don't see that as abstract. I think it's, it's a question of, um, I, I think privacy, and tra- what we mean by privacy can become a bit abstract. I mean, here's my question though. I mean, so the fact that, you know, these biological truths, these biological facts, they, our hair color, our height, our age, our ethnicity, do we actually own that information? I mean, Let, let's say it's, it's, it's an attribute which, which is helping to identify you. Mm-hmm. So the issue is not really whether you own it or, or not. You don't, uh, mm-hmm. as you correctly said. But but the issue is how she, how she said sort of how it is used. Okay. Because if it is used against you, then no. Now that's the problem. I mean, this is exactly what happened with Facebook Analytica. I mean, there there were some elections. I believe it was in Kenya, somewhere there. And uh, you know, if they knew that I was pro a particular candidate, they were showing me um, adverts, sort of to reinforce my beliefs in favor of that candidate and against the other candidate. If I was pro another candidate, they, they were showing me stuff to to put me off from voting. And that's how they managed to to topple the election over there. Um, so they, they, they were pushing people to go to vote if they were in favor and pushing people not to vote if they were against the particular okay. candidate. So there, you know, my attributes, you know, because I declared my political affiliation and whatever was being used against me so that they can manipulate the system. And that's that's where the danger um, begins. OK, so if our data is used as a, <laughs> as leverage is to promote someone else's agenda, then mm-hmm. that's where the issue starts. That's what I think. Okay. Because remember, I mean, sharing of data is very important as well. I mean, if you take medical research, I mean, uh, uh, if it wasn't for, for, for the sharing of, of data, we wouldn't have reached uh, advancements mm-hmm. as we have today. True. So, 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 so you have to, to sort of be careful. I mean, my question with, with like this, let, let me go back to the biological truths for mm-hmm. a second. Um, people can actively see, like, I'm not trying to hide my data. So, for instance, let's say I'm walking down the street and people see, okay, there's this person with curly hair and, you know, he's of a certain height and he's whatever. I, I can't really hide that. Yes, it's and public. It's public data. Yes. So now if you decide to use and say, okay, people with curly hair usually buy my coffee, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you come up to me and be like, oh, would you like to buy a coffee? And I say it's like in that case, did you use it against me? Did you con me or manipulate me into buying? But you're coffee? not being manipulated. How's that? So? That's the difference. Because if I, if I show you an advert, it's okay, no. But if, if I show you um, an advert which is sort of um, sort of changing your beliefs, then there is where the manipulation is happening. Okay. Uh, I am. I was really surprised by the statistic in the Think article um, that compared EU citizens and and Maltese citizens specifically in regards to um, 
sharing the, uh, their data and being for or against facial recognition. So EU-wide, only 17% of people are in favor, but in Malta, it's 50%, which is huge. Um, do you have any thoughts on why that might be? I, th I think it's the lack of awareness and education. I mean, um, unfortunately, the way people uh, sort of um, address their, their privacy or their lack of it, um, uh, it's a reflection of, of our society. Um, uh, people never question, for example, the hundreds of CCTV cameras which are, which are located all over the place. Um, you know, you're being caught all the time with these cameras, but nobody questions them. Um, if, if you see how people interact on Facebook, I mean, people just post stuff on Facebook, um, which is, you know, um, even some of them very personal stuff, which shouldn't be on Facebook. But, but you know, a lot of people were not taught or educated how to actually use these social media, you know, it just came up on us and, and people started using them with all the good and, and the bad. I, I like to say that there are two kinds of people. There are those people who think that, you know, just by posting something online, everybody saw it. And the other kind of people that think that by posting online, nobody will, is going to see it. Um, I, I like to describe it like um, it's as if you, you have a, the facade of your home and you put a poster up there with your information. That, that's exactly what Facebook is. You know, some people will pass in front of your road and look at that information others won't pass from from your road um, but but you know how many people will be ready to make a poster with their that information in front of their house probably mm -hmm. no one because of all the effort involved but, <laughs> but, well, but imagine if it was easy <laughs> yes <laughs> I think David would I, I think I would decorate my house with bright colors and paint unicorns all over it just so people can see it um, let's I, I unfortunately we need to bring this to a close um, I have one final question so we can wrap up so the Guardian newspaper recently released an article that was written by an AI. I mean, it was edited, um, but it made some very interesting statements about robot rights, and it even displayed awareness about like that it had written previous articles that weren't accepted or were like slashed. Um, so, with this in mind, what do you think the future might look like for AI and privacy in general? Okay. So first of all, keep in mind that just because you know an AI wrote an article doesn't mean that the AI knows about the article <laughs> okay so it's just an algorithm putting text together and churning out something which is readable let's say okay it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean that the ai is aware about it and super happy that his article got published on the guardian okay so so you know there's the, t the tissue of awareness which is still very far away i mean and i can say that about certain writers <laughs> okay <laughs> but I, I don't expect that to be resolved anytime soon all right because you know it's something which we still do not understand so we, we have no idea how humans become aware, why they become aware. Um, our consciousness, our thoughts, we're still very far away from that. And, you know, un until we, we, we realize that, maybe we can simulate it, but it won't be the same thing. So I think it's, it's very far away. But something which is maybe closer is the, the legal status. I think that, sh that is something which which should happen and uh, be, we should discuss it. It was discussed in the Malta.ai strategy as well, the idea of giving legal personalities to AI as well. Um, mm -hmm. Because remember, um, uh, today you, you might have algorithms that, for example, do trading for you. Okay, um, but you know, that's, that's even virtual. You can have tangible algorithms as well. So think about self-driving car. All right, think about a car which is driving from Italy to, to France and it's involved in an accident. So, you know, what are the rights and obligations over that car? 
Um, it can't be considered just as an object, you know, a, a big boulder that fell from a mountain. It's not that. You know, it has rights and obligations, uh, both towards itself, towards its passengers, and towards the people that have been affected. So so there has to be some sort of legal persona um, for, for, for this sort of AI now. And I think we should be discussing um, these things as well. If you take it even further, you know, there, it can go even more. I mean, think about people that fall in love with AI. I mean... It might happen, um, and then would would we have rights, obligations towards that AI? Uh, can yes they or no? become legally married, for example? There are. <laughs> Sorry, th this has already happened. Yes, 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 in Japan. Okay, there's a guy who legally married uh, one of them legally married um, an anime character, and the other one an AI as well. So, so wow. it happens. Okay, so there's <laughs> nothing out of this world. You know, I hope they have a very happy marriage together. You know, like with his anime character, and you know. Yes, she doesn't complain. The anime character. <laughs> I'm not sure he doesn't complain either. <laughs> so, so, so you know, these things are coming up, and we, we, we have to discuss them. Of course, you know, uh, I don't have the answers for for these things. I mean, but you it, do have an article about it on Tick Magazine. I, I do How? have as well. How, how beep is your love? How beep is your love as, as well, so you uh, can read it as well. As yes, well. we'll be linked to it <laughs> as well. Uh, so, any final co comments, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think it's it's a very exciting time. Um, uh, the world is changing. Um, uh, I'm sure it will change for the better. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that, as I always say, AI is, is probably the most powerful tool ever created by men. And like any other tool, it depends now how we're going to use it can be used for for bad things but it can be used for a good thing and if you use it for good it can do really a lot of good well i mean i think that sums it up very nicely i mean just be careful about what you post uh you know don't post about your chihuahuas excessively <laughs> grandma thank you <laughs> and you know any other final comments nika um, this has been really fascinating, and I'm thinking a lot now about how we increase awareness. So I guess that's another challenge that we really have to tackle, especially in Malta. Well, and on that very interesting note, um, thank you very much, and have a nice day. <laughs>